This morning we are going to share the Lord's Supper together as a church body. And we are also going to continue in our series on what it means to be a disciple of Jesus. We are spending all of 2017 looking at what it means to be a disciple of Jesus. And so our passage this morning is John chapter 15 and verse 5. In a few minutes I will read for you. Uh, the first five verses, but our focus this morning is going to be on verse 5. John chapter 15 and verse 5, very familiar passage to many of you. And here's what we are going to do this morning. I am going to introduce the very important subject of what it means to abide in Christ. What does it mean for a disciple of Jesus to abide in Christ? Next week, we are going to take a detour from this because it is Father's Day. And so next Sunday, I want to share what it means for a father to be a disciple of Jesus. On Mother's Day, we looked at what it means for a mother to be a disciple of Jesus. And then on June 25th, Sunday, June 25th, I will begin a number of Sundays to explore more deeply with you what it means to abide in Christ. This term, abide in Christ, has been used by Christians for generations, going all the way back to the teachings of Jesus and the apostles. So this is not a new thing, but is absolutely critical to understanding what it means to be a disciple. I want to recommend a book to you this morning. It is a, considered a Christian classic. It is called Abide in Christ by Andrew Murray. It is one of many books that I have been using in this uh, series on being a disciple. Uh, it, is, it was written more than a century ago, but is still widely in print. And don't be intimidated by it because of when it was written. It is an easy read and it is a short read. It is a book I think that every Christian at some point in their Christian journey, if not many more times, needs to read. Uh, excellent book. I will be quoting from Andrew Murray a couple of times in, in, our, in my devotion this morning. But Abide in Christ, it's available from numerous Christian or numerous vendors, not just Christian vendors. You can get it on Amazon and other places. So again, Abide in Christ by Andrew Murray. Let me read for you verses 1 through 5 of John 15. Jesus, speaking to his disciples, says this. I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away, and every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you, unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit, for apart from me you can do nothing. I want you to think with me this morning about that term, abide in Christ. Verse 4 says, Jesus says to you, abide in me and I in you. Verse 5, I am the vine. 
you are the branches. Whoever, whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Our first point this morning is our power source. As I have mentioned a number of times throughout this series, one of the unique things about the Christian faith, the Christian life and faith, is that our strength and power come from a source other than ourselves. Our strength and power do not come from our natural talents and abilities and inward resolve. They come from a source other than ourselves. Self-discipline is important, but our faith is not founded on self-discipline. Hard work and diligence are important, but our faith is not founded on hard work and diligence. Kindness and sincerity are important, but our faith is not founded on kindness and sincerity. Our faith is founded on the resurrected and living Christ. He is our power source. He truly is our all in all. He is everything to us. He is our power source. He is our strength. He is our wisdom. And here is a fundamental, fundamental principle for a disciple of Jesus. Apart from me, you can do nothing. That is a one of the very fundamentals of the faith that apart from Christ there is no good work for his glory and his kingdom that you could possibly do. Now, if you have been a Christian for a longer period of time, you have probably heard that sentence, that phrase, dozens of times. Apart from me, you can do nothing. But I want to say to you, you can never hear that statement enough. If you hear it hundreds of times for the rest of your Christian life, you need it every time you hear it. It is one of those statements in the Christian faith that you cannot possibly, you cannot possibly hear too much. We are weak. We are frail. It is in our utter weakness that the power of Jesus Christ is manifested through us. And one of the great ironies of our faith is, the, is that the weaker we see ourselves, the more we see Christ flowing through us, his light, his power, his strength. Andrew Murray writes this, the Christian often tries to forget his weakness God wants him to remember it, to feel it deeply. The Christian wants to conquer his weakness and to be freed from it. God wants us to rest and even rejoice in it. The Christian thinks his weaknesses are his greatest hindrance in the life and service of God. God tells us that it is the secret of strength and success. Our weaknesses that cause us to depend more fully and more passionately on Christ, he says, are actually the secret of our strength and success. Well, our second point this morning is the vine and the branches. This metaphor, this analogy, 
goes way back. It goes back even farther than Christ and the apostles. It goes way back in ancient literature and was used often in the Old Testament to describe God's relationship with Israel. So this was an ancient and familiar metaphor for the Jewish people. In the first century, as Jesus taught them this, they would have been very familiar with the grapevine and the branches that would produce the luscious grapes and how important it was for the farmer to prune those vines and those branches in order that they may produce an abundant crop. So in this metaphor, and again, think of verse 5, I am the vine, Jesus says, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit, for apart from me you can do nothing. There is an expert gardener here, a farmer, and that represents God the Father. That is clear from verse 1. I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. There is the true vine that is full of life and vitality, and that obviously here represents Jesus Christ because he says clearly, I am, I am the true vine. And then there are the branches, Christ's disciples, the church, that is us. So God the Father is the farmer, Jesus Christ is the vine, and we are the branches. And the issue addressed here is this. Will the branches remain or abide in the vine? Will the branches take advantage and remain and abide in the vine? And when a branch is properly pruned and cared for, it becomes deeply attached to the vine and it produces luscious fruit. Everything is dependent upon the branches abiding in, remaining in the vine. Again, Andrew Murray writes this, A soul filled with large thoughts of the vine will be a strong branch and will abide confidently in him. Be much occupied with Jesus and believe much in him as the true vine. I like that second sentence. It says it well. Be much occupied with Jesus and believe much in him as the true vine. I've shared that with you in a number of different contexts throughout this series. Folks, be obsessed with your Savior. Fall in love with him like you've never fallen in love with him before. He is the true source of your Christian life. It is much like the metaphor of the bridegroom and the bride. There is an established relationship, a husband and a wife. But the question is, in any marriage, and those of you who are married, you know this, will the relationship grow stronger and more intimate, or will it become weak with less and less intimacy and communication? Oh yes, they are married, but what kind of marriage do they have? Some folks here in our church let me 
borrow the movie, and maybe some of you have seen it, the Christian movie, War Room. And it is a movie based on the importance of prayer, and I had heard a lot about it, but had never actually got to see the movie, and I did recently, and um, I, I would recommend it to all of you, a very good movie on prayer. But there is a married couple in this movie, and their marriage is dying. They are struggling greatly in their marriage. But they come to realize that the only way they are going to save their marriage is through absolute dependence and trust upon Christ. And it is through prayer, through passionate, warlike prayer that especially the wife determines she's not going to let her marriage die. She's not going to let her marriage go. She's going to fight for her marriage in prayer. And it is through that that she comes to realize that only Jesus, only Jesus can save their marriage. And then subsequently, he comes to realize the same thing. Folks, you can't solve your marital problems on your own. You can't. You can't. Only Christ can. We use a term here in America called dying on the vine. We may say of someone's marriage, it is dying on the vine. We may say of someone's walk with God that it's dying on the vine. We know what that means. And it's interesting that that little saying actually goes back thousands of years. And sometimes that's what happens in our walk with Christ. It begins literally to die on the vine. This passage and what we're going to look at in subsequent weeks is a great call to all of us to maintain daily passionate fellowship with Christ. Daily, passionate, emotional, heartfelt, mind-felt fellowship with Christ. Maybe at some point you have determined to make changes in your life. Probably all of us have. I have many times. There are things I, I determined or resolved that I'm going to do. I'm going to read more books. I'm going to watch less TV. Especially when my kids were growing up. I'm going to spend more time with my children. I'm going to read through the Bible. I'm going to do this or I'm going to do that. And so I, I determine, I resolve, this is what I'm going to do. And I just want to challenge us this morning. That's not where our focus should be. Our focus, rather, should be on Christ. Living in vital union and fellowship with him. Now, none of those things I mentioned are wrong things. They are all good things. But here's what I want you to think of. The Christian not life is not about the things I must do. It is about the person that I must become in Christ. Christian life is not about the things I must do, but rather about the person I must become in Christ. And that brings us back to that key statement. Apart from Christ, you can do nothing. Apart from Christ, you can do nothing. 
I cannot, I cannot be an effective pastor apart from Christ. You cannot be an effective witness apart from Christ. You cannot effectively raise your children apart from Christ. You cannot be a good Christian employee apart from Christ. You cannot fight off temptation apart from Christ. You can try to live the Christian life in your own strength, but you will fail. You will fail. Your efforts will be of the human flesh. You will grow frustrated and you will grow weary and tired. And it may be this morning that I am speaking to some of you and you are frustrated and you are tired. You tried and you've tried and you've tried and you don't seem to be getting anywhere. I just really encourage you in love to abide in Christ, to tenderly, passionately go to him, fellowship with him, depend on him. When we try to live the Christian life in our own strength, it's like tearing off a branch and thinking it will produce grapes. If I took a grape branch and tore it off, threw it on the ground, and be, just every day I watched it, it would produce nothing. It would die. It's like going to the store and buying package of light bulbs and then taking one of the light bulbs and setting it on the counter and waiting for it to turn on. Can't happen. You know why? Because it has no power. That light bulb can do nothing apart from being in the socket and being connected to its power source. It's, it's like if your refrigerator or your stove or your microwave isn't working and you're checking it all out and you're getting frustrated and you think, you know, I, I better call the repairman and then you realize it's become unplugged. It isn't plugged in. And that's why it's not working. You know, sometimes we're not bearing fruit because we're not plugged in. You know, many of you have a smartphone. Those smartphones give you access to all kinds of amazing information. But if you forget to charge your phone and you're someplace where you really need it, and then all of a sudden it dies and you don't have your charger with you, it's of no good to you because the battery is dead. Power source is gone. Let me wrap this up and take us to communion. Our third point is three thoughts for communion. Three things that I'd like you to meditate on as we take the Lord's Supper together. Number one, be afraid to stray away from your walk with Christ. Be afraid to stray away from your walk with Christ. This is what we tend to do. Boy, I better have my devotions. If I don't have my devotions today, I'm going to feel guilty. I better read so many chapters of the Bible today. If I don't, I'll feel guilty. I don't want you to think in those terms. I want you to think in terms of, I need Christ. I need him. The reason I pray, the reason I read scripture, the reason I meditate, the reason I memorize is so that I might fall more thoroughly and passionately in love with him. What I need today is him. Not a checklist, but him. Secondly, make a deepening walk with Christ your highest priority. 
more important than anything else in your life. Drink deeply of the vine. Let the gardener have his way as he prunes you. Let all of those trials, all of those hardships, and I know some of you are going through times of suffering even right now, let them drive you to the cross. Let them drive you to Jesus. Number three, when you're frustrated and discouraged, check the connection between the vine and the branch. If you feel worn out this morning and frustrated, check the connection between the true vine, Jesus Christ, and you, the branch. Are you looking to him? Are you abiding in him? As I mentioned earlier, this is just an introduction. This, this whole subject is so important. We're going to spend a number of weeks on it. And so, when we get to June, the morning of June 25th, we'll look at this for a number of Sundays. But as we go to communion, as you take the bread and the cup, I want you to think, am I right now, am I abiding in Christ? At this time, we'll share the Lord's Supper together.